What's up, guys? Welcome back to a Chinese teen talking about Islam podcast. It's currently 6.16 p.m. and it's July 10th. So I know I've been very inactive for more than 11 days. And I'm so sorry for that because I'm currently on a vacation. And um, so basically I want to do a recap. Um, I'm probably going to spend six to ten minutes talking about my vacation and my stay in Shanghai and my mental breakdown during that period of time and another mental breakdown while I was, um, you know, like two days ago when I was um, in this place, in another, another province in China. First, I still want to say something that is pretty important because um, a lot of you guys have been asking me about um, what my plans are for, you know, July and what I'm going, what's going on in my life and what I've been doing. Um, so I did a poll and a Q&A um, in my social media and par- um, Instagram particular. So you guys, some of you guys asked me some questions, not mer- very many, um, not many questions, but I picked up three. So the first question is what my plan for July is. So basically, I'm going to write a lot of tons of essays because I'm planning to apply to 14 to 15 school schools because I'm a rising senior. So I have to get everything ready and I'm going to study for my SAT again because I did not um, have my, did not have very good score last time, which I'm very insecure about, um, about my SAT. And then I have to do another mental health project with some of my friends and people that I met on the internet, especially the Discord server. And that's probably it. That's my plans for July. And I will be back home tomorrow, probably the day after, because I have to take like the nine hour, a nine hour flight, which is pretty tiring. And I'm not looking forward to that nine hour flight. But I guess that's the first question. Okay, um, the next question is um, a, a little bit older one. Um, so since I sometimes vent about my negativ- negative feelings and negativity on social media, I'm sorry in advance, but I did um, rant about my mental breakdown living in Shanghai a few days ago before um, this trip, this current trip. So I'm just gonna put that voice memo in here um, about some 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 person asked um, a person sorry a person asked um, this question through a voice message sent directly to me um, on Anchor asking why living in Shanghai right now is a turn off it's a huge turn off for me um concerning my previous fantasies and dreams of living in a huge or like a modern city if I have told you guys about this I'm in Shanghai and I'm staying with my cousin and I don't know, um, I had some mental breakdowns yesterday, and I will be 
talking about that specific incident and the whole process of accumulating those negativity inside me and within my head and a whole lot of stuff like that later, probably a minute later. But I just want to say it's currently 6.30 p.m. um, July 6th, no, July 5th, and I will be heading to the airport at 4 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. So, I'm a little bit stressed out right now because I'll be all on my own. I'll be flying for like eight hours to another province in my country um i'm very very stressed out about this whole experience i don't know probably it will be cool so wish me good luck i haven't talked to anyone about my summer and how was my summer or how is my summer going on right now because i don't have friends and The only human interaction with my peers is on Discord. So I am a really, really pathetic person. I I don't know. I suck at social interaction or probably because I just don't have anyone to talk to in real life. So I guess I have already posted a... um, question on my instagram story and i collected a lot of questions well not a lot of questions but some questions that i find that i probably have to um answer because some of the questions are from probably a month ago or several weeks ago i'm sorry i haven't been active on social media because i just don't want to mess up um or just have anything to do with social media anymore but okay here is the first question why do you like big cities and why do you have a huge turn off when it comes to shanghai or your experience living in shanghai for the past four days Okay, this question, I actually got this from a voice message, and this person told me that she did not feel comfortable um, letting me post her voice message, so I'm not going to do it, but thank you for um, telling me that, and thank you for sending. So, okay, I know I have probably talked about this for a couple of times. I loved living in big cities. I loved Hong Kong. I loved Singapore. I definitely adore and fantasize a lot about New York City, London, and other cities probably, but however, I feel like my vision of those cities, well, to be clear, I only went to Hong Kong once when I was only seven, and I went to Singapore for two times, when once I was a sixth grader and the other time I went to Singapore in May this year. And I had a clear vision of myself being there. I will definitely feel 100% comfortable living in Singapore. I definitely love the city. Oh my god, the diversity. Okay, a lot of Singaporeans are not comfortable with 
um, Singapore's diversity to feel like there are too many Asians. Well, well, please, dude, it's an Asian country and there are too many Chinese. Well, you can't say because it's just historic reasons. Like, it's normal that Singapore has a lot of Chinese population. And there are also Malaysians, Indians, and white people all over the world. So basically, there are no complaints necessary. And I love Singapore. It's the city of the future. Already it has a very, very um, hardworking population. It has hardworking people. Very um, welcoming environment. Beautiful weather. Um, environment is great. The air is refreshing. A lot of um, restaurants and fancy streets and a lot of things to do in Singapore, I have to say. Um, it's a very tiny city, but it has so many things to do. I love the commuting system. It's very convenient. And people are just so nice, honestly. And, okay, let's talk about other cities. I have never been to London or New York City. Um, like I said, I've only been to Hong Kong for one time when I was seven. So basically, I have no idea what I was doing at that time. And I've been to Shanghai for probably three to four times. And um, right now I'm staying in Shanghai. So my vision for Shanghai is definitely different this time comparing to my vision or my fantasies and my um, thoughts on Shanghai, on living in Shanghai when I was in fifth grade because I went to Shanghai. Well, I was in Shanghai when I was in fifth grade for a week, probably. So at that time, I was a tourist and I was staying in this place as a tourist. So basically, we were supposed to stay in the downtown of Shanghai, which which is which was really fancy and it's still fancy. It's glorious, like oh my god. And if you are living around that area like in real life, like on a daily basis, then your life is like at the top of a mountain, but if you live in the outside of that circle or that downtown bubble it's so hard to commute between places and it's so different from singapore because shanghai is so big and they say shanghai is five times at least five times bigger than downtown manhattan so it's very very hard to imagine and it's so hard to commute between places and when you think of it if you are only like 23 years old just graduated from college you can't afford fancy houses and apartments around downtown you have to live far far away just like in new york that's basically the same you have to live in brooklyn to go to work in downtown like in manhattan or upper east so it's so difficult to commute to travel between home and workplace and it costs you so much money time and energy and just mentally draining and exhausting (sighs) I don't know and everything's so expensive and sometimes I just want to stay inside and not doing anything because it's just not comfortable for me to do it and I have social anxiety and everyone in Shanghai is just like too fancy for me 
I don't know. People just don't want to mind your own business. It's not, it's not like New York City. I think Shanghai is so different from New York City. I prefer New York City because I see, well, first, of course, diversity and cultural diversity, population diversity, and the things that people are doing and the things that people talk about and even just how they dress is diverse. However, in Shanghai, it's not very common to see all those phenomena. Um, I'm not throwing shade at anything. I'm just saying that probably living or just living for four years in a big city is not is no longer an ideal option for me. Although I know, for example, schools like NYU, they have great internship and research, which is um, job opportunities because it's in downtown Manhattan. It's in New York City. Um, but first, it doesn't have great dorm opportunities or like it's so expensive and everything's just not ideal and it's so exhausted exhausting to see myself in the area and getting suffocated by the traffic and the skyscrapers it's just depressing at some point i don't know i should just stop rambling around i've spent 10 minutes talking about nothing but i just want to power my heart out because it has been um, haunting me for months about my fantasies for big cities and metropolitans. Sorry. Okay, now let's move on to uh, my stay in Xinjiang. That's the province that I'm currently having a vacation in. Um, I'm going to be real quick about this because I don't have much time for the recap because of that super long voice memo, if you can tell. So the thing is, I traveled to Xinjiang with five people, including myself, um, and a teacher or like a counselor, because we have a sort of like an organization where you can volunteer in this organization, and then they will organize a field trip for you um, and a lot of strangers and just your peers so basically I don't know any of those people and I'm a super super introverted person which means I don't feel comfortable meeting um, new people and I don't feel very confident in making new friends because I'm socially awkward by instincts so it has been a harsh experience for me personally to um, just talk to those people I think I barely had four conversations in three days, I guess. That's very um, bad. That's pathetic. But whatever, that's just how I um, deal with social life, I guess, sometimes. But if you get know me, I will be completely... I will completely change into another person. I'll be super open about me and my personal life and my interests. But if we're just like strangers or something, if we're like only um, going to stay um, there for each other for like five days, that's probably not going to happen. I don't know. I should work on that a little bit. But the thing is, I just feel like everyone hates me and um, 
that's a thing that's going on for socially awkward people. Um, we just feel so insecure about ourselves. Um, thus, like we are not in, we're not feel, feeling confident to uh, get into any contact with new acquaintances. And this is just like a two minute recap about my socially awkward experience here. But in the next episode, I'm going to talk more about my trip in Xinjiang instead of my socially awkward experience. In the next episode, I'm going to focus more on um, the good side of traveling for like nine hours into a province where there are so many there are so many deserts around here. Like this place is surrounded by deserts and. Um, a lot of new things that I have never seen before so it's pretty interesting so I will talk about that in the next episode and today we are going to talk about my insecurities around religion I know it might sound a little bit ironic or confusing to most of you guys because well this whole podcast and this whole research program is based around my passion about religious studies and my overall academic pursuits towards sociology and Middle Eastern study, which is Near Eastern studies. But I want to be 100% honest about my insecurities throughout this whole academic journey. Well, at least for this one and a half to two years or you can say ever since eighth grade, because I found out that my academic pursuit is probably going to be Middle Eastern study the summer after eighth grade. Okay, now let's get started. Okay, so I want to start off by saying that me being insecure is not like um, being looked down upon in some way by other people. Um, outside of my academic per- passion circle. No, it's not. I don't really care what other people um, think of what I'm doing, what I'm learning, or just what I'm interested in pursuing in my life or just in um, the years of my college life. So um, it's not about what other people think of me or my fear of what other people think of me. It's about inside because, like I said, I did a personality test today, by the way. It's called 16personality.com. Um, one of um, um, one of the girls that are in the Filtrick group sent me the link of the 16personalities.com. And I found out that my personality cat- is going to be categorized as INTJ style or INTJ type especially in particular the um turbulent architect well people who are categorized as intj personalities will be divided into two groups which are turbulent architects and assertive architects because intj people are called architects because we like to think rationally instead of just um base everything like including our judgments and our opinions around our emotions and we don't feel comfortable letting emotions taking control of our lives and we like to figure things out by our own judgment and sometimes we're very very socially awkward that's like a common sense and at the same time I'm I'm also 
Gemini and I am born in May 2004. So um, being a Gemini as well as an INTJ personality, especially turbulent archetype personality, it's very, very hard for me to approach to a complete stranger and um, get a new acquaintance or just make friends in general. But whatever, um, let's get back to what we are going to talk about. That's a kind of digression. I know what I'm talking about. So what were we talking about? Um, yeah, and architects are not very um, worried about what other people think of think of us. That's probably a good thing. And we're aware of our shortcomings and strengths, and we improve ourselves through observing the others as well as ourselves and our pros and cons and strengths and shortcomings. So that's basically what I'm talking about. Um, The main point is that I find problems within myself and then I work on it. And that's why that's where my insecurities come from within myself. So in particular, why would I even be insecure about my academic passion? I know a lot of people are very proud of the academic path they're choosing in high school as well as um, in the beginning um, years of college because um, we sort of have that understanding of what we want to pursue and what we want to um, delve deeper into in an academic field. So basically, I'm a Chinese, right? And, you know, the religious policy in China is to fully secularize the whole country within a couple of decades, which means religion is definitely not a um, very, like, religion is not talked about. Even in the minority groups, um, the government will take um, fully control of what they see, what they learn, and what they're educated about. And since I've just um, gone to Xinjiang province for like five days to six days, I have had a understanding and understanding of what those people face with, like concerning religious policies. There are so many minorities minority groups in Xinjiang province, Tajiks, Uyghur people. And so I went to this place called Kasher, um, and 90, more than 90% of the people there are Uyghur people. And then I went to another small town. Um, I can't tell you guys the Mandarin about it. It's called Ta Xian. So it's basically called Ta County. So in this place, the majority of the population are actually the only white um, population in China. They're called the Tajiks. And I absolutely love those people because first, those minority groups in China are so beautiful because they inherited um, the West Asians, Middle Asians, and like Middle Eastern and West Asian um traits and they're so beautiful and honestly and they're so beautiful and I absolutely adore their cultures and I love the clothes that they're wearing and I love I definitely love the in 
indoor decor in their room. They're so beautiful. And the paintings and the veils that I wear, like, they're not the veils that a lot of Middle Eastern countries, like Iran, um, women wear. Um, they have, like, a specific kind of hat um, on top of their head, and then they put the veil um, around the hat, specific hat, just like you, the thing that you see on a wedding, uh, like the thing that the bride wears. So it's very, very fascinating. And I had a tour around the mosque, although it is heavily um, portrayed as a place, simply a tourist um, place, in, like a place of like a a lot of tourists go to instead of just simply a mosque where a Muslim people go to. And in China, technically speaking, they're not allowed. Like, I can't say something like they're not allowed because um, the government really don't care what you believe in and what um, you're really doing on a daily basis. They just encourage you to be a materialist. Um, they don't, they will never encourage, let's just put it that way, because it's making me really, um, I don't know how to phrase this, because I don't want to, I don't want to offend anyone, so the government really don't, will not, never encourage you to be religious, they want you to be secular, they want nothing to do with religion, technically, so they will never encourage you to believe in anything beside socialism um, or ma- Marxism. And on the other hand, people there, honestly, the minorities, they don't really care about those religious policies because, like I said in a previous episode, religious policies really don't interfere with their daily lives. They will not um, intervene in their businesses, um, their jobs, or just daily basis, or education in anything. And their kids are welcome to study um, in other parts of China, like Shanghai, um, where I live, and those um, cities and provinces that are more advanced comparing to, compared to Xinjiang province. They're welcome to study there, like in high school, and they don't need to pay any tuition fees, which is a good thing. Um, However, one thing I don't really like is that it's not very common to see um, that the Uyghur kids are taught um, their own language at school, especially like elementary and middle school or even just high school. They're not very encouraged to speak their own languages, which I don't really understand because I don't think their languages have anything to do with their faith or religions. Um, And... Basically, I feel like the government is not afraid of Islam. They're afraid of terrorism, which I 100% agree with. And I can definitely understand why they're um, having some sort of policies that you see on the internet. Because, you know, terrorism is definitely a really, really big topic and very heavy topic to talk about. Like, it is the same case with every country on this planet. I don't think Americans have any right to justify some terrorist act in China and blame it on religious policy because this 
has nothing to do with religion and this has nothing to do with a government. It's about protecting those people. You are not going to say that those terrorists are not hurting Uyghur people. They're only attacking what us, like um, other, the majority of Chinese people. No, they are attacking civilian, civilized people. They're attacking innocent people because they're terrorists. And every terrorist group should be stopped with every method that the government can think of. And I, I am with the government in this aspect. However, I don't think that it is a safe measure or it's a reasonable measure to stop them from speaking their own language. But in a rational way of speaking or thinking, you can think that that is not a big deal if you think practically. Like their parents are definitely 100% going to teach them the language. They're never going to forget their language because the 99% of people there are Uyghur people. They're not, not going to forget their traditions or language. But still, I just don't feel comfortable listening to those guy, guy, like, we have like a guidance counselor during a field trip and she taught us about those um, values and the things that they're going through, what's happening in the place. So I just don't feel very comfortable to see them chinalization or hanalization because like there are Uyghur people and people like me are called Han people. So I don't feel comfortable um, seeing or witnessing those Uyghur kids being hanalized or anything, but still I know deep down that they're going to be fine, but I just don't feel comfortable seeing that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's get back to the insecurities. I know I'm sorry that I may sound illogical or very random and very chaotic in this episode. That's because it's very, very chaotic, like my feelings towards my insecurities. I know I am trying my best to illustrate and explain um, those feelings to you, but I don't know, I'm just very confused myself still. So, um, because I'm a Han person and I am an overrepresented Asian and you you don't see a lot of Chinese people, especially Han people like me, who are interested in Near Eastern studies or just Middle Eastern studies, culture, or just religious studies because we don't touch on the subject because we live in a socialist country and religion can be called as a taboo topic to even just discuss in uh, outside of your house. It's not very common. It's not very safe to do that or just not a right thing to do if you are smart enough. Um, and... The secularization that's going on or like have been, has been here in my country for decades or even just years and hundreds of years made it impossible for me to be confident enough to talk to a random stranger or even a college professor or a college counselor about my academic interests because even my parents, they don't really feel comfortable listening to me talking about my academic interests. However, uh, my personality really forces me unintentionally to uh, talk about my intellectual interests and my intellectual um, pursuits. And I am constantly seeking 
an intellectual partner where I can discuss all my uh, findings and the things that intrigue me with. And whenever I talk to a stranger about my interests, because, you know, we're still in high school. So when I see my peer and they ask me what my academic interests are or like, what are you going to major in your first years of um, university and I would probably I would say religious studies and they will be like whoa are you sure about that like how is this happening like you are a light-skinned Han Chinese person and you're not supposed to learn something like that you're supposed to learn like sociology that's probably going to be fine but religious studies are you sure because I'm not a religious person even though my mom is super religious and super conservative I am not and I am not brought up that way um and my dad is not religious at all like my dad hates religion I'm no offense but my dad is very materialistic and very, very objective. Sometimes people will call him emotionless, but that's not something that I would talk about. But I just feel like I inherited probably a little bit, like most of my dad's traits concerning this topic. So a lot of people will be probably uncomfortable hearing me or just simply listening to me talking a little bit of myself and my academic interests. And to be honest, a lot of people have that stereotype where religious studies are often learned by first white people, like Catholic people, Christian people, super, super Christian people. And on the other hand, um, Muslims and Middle Eastern people or um, Americans, but who have Middle Eastern heritage or parents. Um, they expect that to happen, and a lot of people may not ex- may not be expecting me to say something like that or be interested in something like that, which I totally get it, but I just don't feel... But that's just simply a reason why I don't feel secure about my academic interests, and I just told you guys that my reason is that it's not very common and it's not stereotypical what you may thought. It's not stereotypical, it's not common... It may come off a little bit strange. And a lot of people may feel like I'm not suitable for this position and I'm not right for this spot. And they may feel like, well, people with Middle Eastern heritage are more suitable for this spot to pursue this degree, to pursue this major, to pursue this intellectual interest. I don't know. I don't know what other people will think of that, but I just overanalyze probably anything and I would like to think of every detail that may I may encounter and that sometimes mentally draining for myself and that's not good for my mental health and I'm aware of that but I just can't stop thinking about that basically and that's all that's just my insecurities it's very illogical but when you think of that it's very simple it's a little bit like surrounded by stereotypes it's based on stereotypes or just my insecurities about stereotypes that one may impose on me that's it thank you guys so much for listening i know this episode may sound a little bit boring or just irrational and illogical but i just want to have a very personal episode on this podcast i don't want to sound like 
a machine who's just constantly conveying messages. I want to add something that's personal enough to myself and to my listeners. So thank you guys so much for listening to this chaotic episode. And I will probably see you guys next tomorrow because I've got so many things to talk about. By the way, it's currently July 11th, which means I'm back at home. I am back in Hangzhou, China. I'm no longer in Xinjiang province. Yesterday was a long trip, a long journey, about nine-hour flight. So I'm looking forward to record more audios and talk to you guys more and listen to your opinions on this episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Wanna kick it?